0: The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus.
1: Man, good to see you guys. Hey, I, I'm pumped to be back with you all this week. But I got to hear Jonathan's sermon last week when he when he filled in for me. Can we just tell him thanks again? Yeah. I don't know where he's at. Jonathan, where you at, bro? There he is. Man, what a guy. Seriously, did a great job. I love that he started off by telling y'all that he's my permanent replacement. Not cool, bro. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, no, but Hey, I am excited to, to dig back into our, our dating series. It's complicated or it's not that complicated. Um, it's going to be a good time. And I want to remind you up front, the point of this series is not to try, if you're in a relationship, is not to try to convince you to break up. I feel like when I was in youth group I, or like uh, in college, I was a youth pastor, so I don't really get the experience you are. But in, in youth group, I remember any time our youth pastor did something about dating, I was like, I'm going to to break up with my girlfriend. Um, this guy's a loser. Or, or if you're not dating, you, it's going to be like, oh, he's going to tell me never to be in a relationship. And, and that's not it at all, okay? Um, I, I was telling some of our, our folks earlier today, just kind of as a reminder, um, that, that God is the inventor of romance, okay? So... And even like we, we've said before, as cheesy as it is, he created sex, so he's the sex sexpert, right? And so, <laughs> dad joke. Actually, that's a terrible dad joke. Anyways, <laughs> oh, that's weird. Anyways, not, not starting good. Already starting off bad. This is not, this is not bode well for the night. Um, but I was telling them about uh, when I remember when I was a youth pastor in Itasca, and we did a series kind of like this. Didn't discuss all the same things. But I remember I was trying to make the same point that, hey, God is... Romance, like he, he invented, is actually like the the greatest romantic of all time, right? There's nothing uh, ultimately a more beautiful love picture than the cross. Okay, so God is full romance, and I said, "May I may not know this?" Again, like I was telling this to this youth group back then. Um, I guess it was about eleven years ago, something like that. And I said, "There's actually a book in the Bible called the Song of Solomon, and the whole book." Is actually about sex and like how married couples should enjoy it, and it's a beautiful thing. And no lie, I see this seventh grader on the back row go. He's like, <laughs> he's like frantically searching for Song of Solomon. And I didn't say anything, but I'm like, you are a sicko, right? <laughs> but it was so cool because he was like, wait, God, wait, wait, what? Like God is for this. Of um, course, I'm like, in marriage, bro. Like, hear me out. Um, but yeah, I, I want to remind you, he, he's he's for it. He's he's not against it. And so the point is not just for you, it's not to try to get you to break up, it's not to get you to, to never be in a relationship. The hope is to encourage you, maybe give you some tools to help navigate through the dating process, and also um, to hopefully provide a little bit of clarity. I think we would all agree that in today's world, dating has become, what's up, Matt? I see you, bro. Um, sorry. Uh, dating has kind of become like this complicated, muddied water, and it really doesn't have to be. I was talking with... Several different people today just kind of running some ideas by them for tonight. And we just kept coming back to that the world tends to make things so complicated and overthink it. But when you do things God's way, it's not always easier, but it's always better, right? Which in the end is, is typically easier. And so that's what we're kind of to do tonight is to continue, hopefully, that clarity. So last time, so I guess that would be two Tuesdays ago, we talked about who today, but also what is dating? That's not just the status you dwell in. Like, well, I guess we're dating now, we're just gonna hang out here for four years like Roy and Pam. Like, no, there like it's not a status you dwell in. It's a it's a process of evaluation to mood you, mood you to move you towards a destination. That destination either being that like, the process isn't going well, and so you break up. Like, that's an okay possibility. Um, or that destination being marriage, right? But it has a goal in mind. You're, you're moving. You're making progress. And so we talked about, like, who and what it is. And this week we want to talk more about how to date, okay? And I love, I want to remind you of a book that so many of the things we're talking about come from uh, by Ben Stewart, Single, Dating, Engaged, Married. We've sold out two weeks in a row. I say we've sold like, like I wrote it or something. <laughs> um, yeah, man, it's crazy. Uh, no, we, we have this book back there for you. If you get it on Amazon, I think it's like $11.99. You can get it from us for $5, trying to help you out a little bit. And, uh, but Julie went to Lifeway today and got some more. And so I would love you to get one of these books, incredible book. And he in the book makes the point that you, you can't really, that dating and the how-to, it's not like getting instructions to put together like, some furniture from World Market or something, right? It's not this like, step one, do this. Step two, like, it, it's, not, it's not like that. And actually, that would be kind of rigid. It's a little bit more, um, let's use this example. If you've ever been whitewater rafting, no matter how many times you've been, before you are allowed to get in the boat, and sometimes even before you put on your, your, uh, your life vest and your little sweet helmet, uh, the, the guide is going to gather you and the people in your raft together, and they're going to go over some, some what? Some, some rules or maybe like principles. Not so much rules. I guess they're kind of rules, but it's not like, I swear, if you put your oar in the water. Like, it's not like rules like that. It's, it's more like, yeah, if that happens, get in a different boat. <laughs> it's more, they're more like principles, Right? So as we're going down the river and the destination being like to get to where the bus is going to pick us up, right? We're going to want to make it to that and No one die in the, in the river. Um, there's certain principles to get us there, right? Certain things. That, like, they're not, so they're not gonna give you every last turn. So, when you see this rock at 1.3 miles, like, no, it's just here are basic principles as we're going down the river. And that's really, I think, what, what you find in scripture, though it doesn't talk about dating, there are definitely principles that we can t- uh, that talk about relationships and purity and things like that that we can apply to the process of dating and how to date. And in his book, uh, he, he gives seven principles. I've combined two of them to really narrow it down to six. I want to tell you where we're going. Tonight, we're going to cover four of those principles of how-to. And at the end, Lauren and I are going to do a Q&A or questions that you guys have already asked. So we're going to try to answer those. And they're actually kind of connected to what we're talking about tonight. So we're going to cover four of them tonight. And then next Tuesday, I want to cover um, two more of those principles of the how-to. And we're going to discuss how to know that you know, right? So like when you're in that relationship, and some of you all may feel a really long ways away, and that's okay, but when you're in that relationship, what are some ways to know that like, hey, this is a good thing, we should move forward towards marriage, and then after that, we'll have a a longer extended Q&A next week. But tonight, we're gonna cover four of those principles. Y'all down? (laughs) Yes, definitely. (laughs) All right, hey, the first one, the first principle is prayer. So if you're taking notes, you can go and write. I don't have that on the screen for you, I apologize. But the first principle is prayer. Excuse me. Now, I realize that sounds really simple. But as Christians, and let me let me just say something there. Like, I'm I'm definitely, just to let you know, if you're not a Christian, I'm super glad you're here and listening to this, because I think it's super helpful either way. But I'm definitely this is definitely a Christian perspective on this talk. So if you're not a Christian, just like Give me that grace to remember that I'm coming from a Christian perspective. Um, but prayer, as believers, we should never get over this truth, as simple as it is, that the God of the universe wants you to talk to him about your dating life. Like, he actually cares. That's pretty sweet, right? Like, we, you could go to, and we're going to next we talk about the idea of community, how important that is in dating, um, but you can go to friends. You should go to the godly adults, be it your parents or whoever. Um, but how cool more than that, that we get to talk to God. You get to talk to God about your dating life. Who better to guide you, to, to convict you, to, to nudge you in the right direction? That's so cool. I'm not going to quote a lot from the book tonight, but I, I think that a portion that Ben Stewart wrote on this idea of prayer in the book is really, really good and I felt like I would be dumb not to just read some of this to you. So if you would, check this out. He said, just in case you're wondering who Ben Stewart is, he, was a, um, he led Breakaway at a and Not that we're endorsing the Aggies here tonight. But he, read, he uh, led Breakaway at a m for like 10 years, I think it was. And now he, he's partnering with Passion City Church, Lou Giglio, that crew. And he's uh, pastoring a church in D.C. And so really respect this guy. Um, he, he's a great preacher, so you could listen to his podcast. Does a really good job. Anyways, he says, I have found that many of the actions or lack thereof in dating are driven by fear, which parentheses I thought was interesting given we just came out of a series on anxiety, right? The fear of being rejected, the fear of being alone, this fear can drive us to date someone we know we should not date or to act in unnatural ways or say awkward things because we are painfully self-conscious or trying too hard to win someone over. Anybody tracking with this? (laughs) Anybody been in a situation where you say something like, why did I say that, why am I being so weird? Like like you you, catch yourself talking to yourself in the corner, come on, pull it together, come on. (laughs) That's what he's talking about. The process of evaluation gets scrambled because no one is relaxed enough to be themselves. Anxiety motivates action, but not often the best action. This is what makes prayer at the outset so critical. When we pause to acknowledge God in the, in the process, we allow the truth about who he is to influence our thoughts and, situ, excuse me, thoughts and actions. If we are in the clutches of fear, we are more prone to try to manip- manipulate situations to make ourselves look better. But when we remember that Romans eight twenty eight declares, We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. It frees us from the terror of being alone which alone has the ability to drive us to compromise our standards. It liberates us from constantly trying to dress or act in a way that wins someone's attention. If I'm resting in God's guidance of my future, I am free to be a servant and a friend to the people around me. I can relax and enjoy every moment of my life because I rest in the knowledge that my strong and loving God is leading me in a good way. We don't get to know everything in this life, but we do get to know the one who knows everything. And that is an encouraging thought. Is that pretty good? I think it's awesome. You should buy the book. <laughs> no, it, re- it really is. It's incredible. So here, here's the question. Don't overthink this, but are you talking to God about your dating life or potential dating life? <laughs> like, I don't have one. Like, you will. It's Okay. Are you talking to God about that? First Peter five 5.7 says to cast all your cares upon him, upon God, because he cares for you. He cares. Absolutely. He cares for you. Whatever it is you're feeling, you're not going to creep, you can't creep God out. Or right? you can say things to people that creeps them out. You can't creep God out. That's kind of cool to know, right? <laughs> Um, Somebody the other day, Becca told me, she was like, yeah, I think you weird people out sometimes. I think you're a freak. I'm like, thanks, Becca. (laughs) Uh, God, that doesn't happen with God, right? I can be as honest and straight up with him as I want, and I'm not going to creep him out. And you can talk to God about whatever it is in your dating life, whatever worry, fear, whatever it is. And here's the cool thing, I think we know this. When you begin to get communication with God, right, when you're you're talking with him, it begins to provide clarity in so many things of life. One of those things being dating, right? So that leads us to our second principle. The first principle is prayer. The second principle of the how-to is clarity, clarity. Now, I'll be honest, the more I talk to y'all, the more I feel like clarity is something that we're super lacking in today's dating world, right? And I got some amens down here, yeah. Super lacking clarity. Clarity, the idea of being, just being honest and upfront about how you feel and what you're thinking. Now that doesn't mean, it doesn't like give you the right to be rude, like girls, some dude asks you out, and like, ugh, gross, I'll never go out with you. Like, I'm just being honest. Like, that's mean, okay? Like, that's not what we're talking about. But just being real, but being upfront, not playing games, can we just agree that playing games when it comes, really, like, yeah, I don't mean like playing softball, but like playing games and dating is not only wrong and messed up, it's just stupid, right? <laughs> yes. So, and this goes both ways. Um, man, there's so much to say here. But here's the deal. Ephesians 4 tells us that one of the like, uh, foundational characteristics of a Christian's life is that they should just be an honest person, <laughs> like just be a truth-telling person. It's interesting when you're when you're playing the game, whatever that is. Um, if you're if you're the one playing it, you don't always realize how dumb it is, right? Like when your emotions are involved, you're like, maybe I won't text back today because I want to like get them to think about it a little bit, and like. But from the outside looking at it, you're like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, right? And if you don't if you don't believe me, just see what I mean, right? I think I should call. Him. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Why is it so bad for me to call and ask her to lunch today? You're making it too easy for her. You're just conveying, oh, I like you just the way you are. I do like her just the way she is. Well, that's not what we agreed on. What are you doing? (laughs) Why don't you just go on a date with her? Try to spark up an ongoing joke and then in a month or two, if it feels right, you'll no, you don't have to wait that long. I mean, you
0: don't have to wait. Just ask her out. Just ask her out. You're asking him to give up all of his power. Well, Andy, Pam, and Jim are
1: all telling me how to deal with this girl that I like. Lynn, I, I don't like getting advice from more than one person at a time. I'm a textbook overthinker. You can't let a girl feel good about herself. It will backfire on you. Every compliment has to be backhanded. Oh, I like your dress. But I'd
0: like it more if you had
1: prettier hair. That's psychotic. Do you guys actually do that? Oh, guys with girlfriends don't. That's <laughs> low too. <laughs> Man, so good, so good. I just like kinda want to keep watching the episode. <laughs> Anyways. Um, I love what Pam says when he says, like, you can't make a girl feel good about herself. Or sorry, yeah, Andy says that. And he's like, every compliment has to be backhanded. So if you say I like your dress, but I like it more if your hair was prettier. And Pam says what? Kind of hard to hear, but what you say? That's psychotic, right? Girls, is that psychotic? Yes. I mean, hopefully, no dude in this room has ever done something that dumb, right? Like this man, you do need to get some counseling if like you said that. Um, I mean that in love. Uh, But clarity, like being honest, not playing the game. So, real quick, clarity in two areas I think are crucial. Clarity in initiation. Clarity in initiation. So, uh, maybe feel, this may feel like a little bit of a side note, but dudes, research shows, as much as like, we get, last week we talked a little bit about like can the girl initiate and that kind of thing, but research shows that the overwhelming majority of gals want guys to be the one to, to ask them out. And, and just so you know, like, studies also show that in a girl's opinion, the very worst way you can ask them out is through, thank you, ladies, yeah, through text. And they say, like, phone calls, okay, but the best way is what? In person. Just trying to help you bros out, okay? Just trying to help you out. Um, and here's another thing that, like, just common sense shows, but also studies show in this whole initiation thing, and we're kind of talking to the guys here as far as the initiation, that, um, they like clarity in your intention. So guys, and I get this, like I was there, but if you're like, hey, we should hang out sometime, that can mean a million things, right? Like, <laughs> like we're going to a football game, like we're hanging out with you and your buddies, like what does that mean? So to say, maybe it's something as simple as, I'm just making this up off the top of my head, like, hey, you know, you're, you're a lot of fun. Could we sometime like go grab co- coffee? I'd love just to talk with you, get to know you a little bit more. Like, and if they look at you funny, you could say, hey, I, I don't mean, I'm not saying like we're getting married. I'm just saying I'd like to go hang out with you a little bit. Is that, is that okay? That sounded kind of rude the way I said that. <laughs> uh, are you tracking with me? Like, to, just to be clear. And, and hey, girls, do, do the guys a favor, too. Uh, I've always said this. Like, so I'm going to do, like, guys, sometimes we're a little slow. And so, girls, if you're not into the dude, just tell him up front. Not, oh, gross, i would never go out with you. But just up front, like, hey. You're, you're really awesome. I, I appreciate you, but I don't know that I want to, like, get to know you that way. And as much as it's going to hurt the dude, he'd rather you do that than, like, ghost on him, right? Like, don't do that. So clarity and in initiation from the guy, but also girls, guys would appreciate it if you would just be honest about are, are you open to, to doing whatever it is they're talking about, going on a date or whatever. Um, so clarity and in initiation. We could talk more there, but we're not going to. But also clarity in process. In the process so that just means being clear about every so every now and then like I know this is maybe cheesy but every now and then having a DTR right every now and then defining the relationship like hey where are we at how are things going where are we moving in this um I know uh, I thought about having to come up for this but we're gonna talk later uh, I know Lauren would tell you and I, I promise I did many things not right in previous relationships and even in our relationship but one thing I think by God's grace I did get right was from the very beginning, and she would tell you, like, she appreciated this, is I was just clear with her. So we had gone, uh, we actually, some friends uh, hooked us up, like, on a double date. And at the end of that first, de- like, blind date, um, which it was kind of creepy because, uh, for her, because these friends had told me it everything about her and uh, nothing to her about me. It's like I knew her whole life, like where she went to elementary school and all this stuff. And she's like, who is this freak? Anyways, um, we had a lot of fun on on that first date. And so at the end of the night, that that very first date, before she even left, I'm walking her to her little sweet minivan that she drove. And I, I can't remember exactly what I said, but something like Hey, I had a lot of fun tonight, and I'm not. I know I'm fixing to move to Texas, or I go to camp in South Carolina, and then move to Texas, and all this stuff. But is it cool if if like I, I call you tomorrow or whatever, or something like that? And she would tell you she appreciated me just being upfront about that. I kind of had to put myself out there a little bit because she could have been like, "Nah, you suck, bro." Um, but she appreciated the clarity. And then as we dated, just clarity in the process. And so. Um, Knowing, so she, we, because I was in Texas or in Fort Worth and she was in Jacksonville for the majority of our dating relationship, we, we didn't get to see each other and our schedules were different. We, we kind of had this clear process of, and again, I don't want to say to have to do this, something like this, but just giving you an example. We, uh, nine o'clock sharp uh, central time, every night, unless there was something going on, I called her and, and she knew she could kind of count on that. For some reason, I wasn't gonna be able to call her. Nine o'clock had to do with. Uh, at that time, the phone bills and things like that. Anyways, um, that's where that time came from. But, but she knew, and I knew, that was like, hey, this kind of like, this is our deal, right? This is our thing. And so if she didn't have to go through the day wondering if I didn't text her 20 times or whatever, like she wasn't worried about that because we kind of had like agreed on it. Hey, I'm gonna call you at nine. Does that make sense? Clarity and process. The reality is one, that's just like treating people with honor and respect and being honest, which is a godly Christian biblical thing to do, and it just relieves stress, right? Right? How, girls, I don't like freak out here and like make it awkward for the dudes, but I don't know how I wanna ask you to respond, but would you agree that too often you've gone on dates or whatever and it's ended and you've, it, like you've gone to bed that night kind of stressed and worried about like, what the next step was? Can I get some, like, some feedback on that? See some head, some head nods. Yeah. Um, if we're gonna treat people, guys, we're gonna treat girls as daughters of the King. Let's just do them the honor of being clear. With me? Clarity. So first of all, first one was what? Prayer. Yep. Second one is clarity. Yes. Thank you. Um, so I, I told you that I felt like. Lauren, I kind of got the clarity part right. Now, this next one, uh, I feel like I did not get right. I was, and I was a youth pastor. I was in seminary when we were dating. I feel like this, this third one, I, I did not do well at all. didn't even understand. And, <coughs> sorry. Before I even say what it is, if I, let me be honest. I think as I'm describing this, at first, it may feel like, whoa, that's like very countercultural and maybe a little extreme. But if you'll hear me out, I think... This this third principle could be life changing. I'm not trying to be dramatic. This is huge. So here's the third one. Let me let me explain it. The third one is autonomy, A U T O N O M Y. Is that right? Autonomy. Yeah, Yeah, bro. (laughs) Thanks, dog. Autonomy. So let's unpack that a little bit. It's I'm almost going to say it in a negative way first. It's simply the idea that while Yes, God is not against dating and like it's, there's nothing wrong with saying, yeah, that's my boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. The reality is that biblically God sees you either as a single person or as a married person. There's, n- we've kind of created this area. There's no space in the Bible where God sees like, oh, you're in a dating relationship? That means you get all these extra privileges. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're either single or you're married. And again, dating is, is a cultural thing that, that we've invented. I don't think it's necessarily wrong. Let me rephrase it. I don't think it's wrong. I think it can be very helpful. But it's a process of evaluation to move us from being single to being married. And here's where we get this wrong, where we, we act like we're not autonomous. We, we, have this, we act like once we're in a dating relationship that it's kind of this halfway married thing officially that God sees. And the reality is that doesn't exist. Y'all with me? That may see, it may seem a little muddy still. Let me try to unpack some of the implications. So, for example, maybe this is on a lighter note. And this is this stuff like this happens sometimes. If someone comes to me, let's say it's a girl comes to me and says, Brandon, like I, my boyfriend and I have, have been dating for a while now, um, but to be honest, like as long as we've been dating, or even though we've been dating for a long time, I feel like like kind of the magic's gone. It's not as exciting as it was. It's not what it was. Uh, What do I do? My response is going to be, "You should break up," (laughs) because you don't owe each other anything, right? You're not married. You've not come into a covenant before the Lord and before people. And second of all, if you're bored when you're dating, this is not bode well, right? (laughs) Like this is this is not this is not going to be good. So so don't stay together. Or, or, like, man, like, we've been dating for a long time, but who, like, my, so dude talking, my girlfriend doesn't like coming to church, so, like, like what do I do? Wait, You're not, excuse me, you're, you're not married, and so if they're not pursuing God and you're seeing this not going anywhere, then then you can break up. Like, you're, you don't have, you're not in a covenant before the Lord, like, you're a single person in God's eyes, right? So don't let this imposed, um, like set of ideas because your boyfriend and girlfriend make you make a lifelong bad decision. Right? You tracking with me? Again, you're autonomous. You're not in a covenant before the Lord. Now here is where this gets even more interesting. Okay? This next part. And let me say this first of all. I really, this next little bit of what I'm going to talk about. Please, please, please hear this as an invitation to something better. Not as condemnation, not as judgment. Laura, I'm gonna talk at the end a little bit about if you've messed up here, but please don't hear this as judgment, but really as an invitation. In the Bible, Hebrews 13, 4 says, the marriage bed should be pure and undefiled. Uh, Marriage, sorry, sex is for, is for marriage. Now it's interesting in this little uh, made-up phase that we've made. So here's single, here's married over here, and we've kind of created this like, I'm dating, it allows me certain privileges. We've, we've kind of created this idea that, oh, if I'm dating, I get to do things physically with whoever I'm dating. Is that in the Bible? I'm going to struggle to explain this because I, I, I didn't do so well here. Like, and honestly, even probably a few weeks ago, I would have been like, yeah, I don't think it's that big a deal to be, to be physical. Now, I would have said, of course, like you should not have sex outside of marriage. But I would have said, like, yeah, you can be real physical. But here's the deal. God sees you, again, I, I keep saying this, but hopefully it's gonna stick, e- either as a single person, as a child of him, or he sees you as a married person and with your spouse, a, a child of his. And it's interesting If you read, is it 1 Timothy 5, it says that we are to treat our brothers and sisters in Christ as what? Brothers and sisters. So let's uh, let's get where we're going. If someone, and this is a fair question, I asked it for sure. Someone comes to me and says, well, hey, how how far is, like, so if a dude comes to me and says, how how far is too far with, with my girlfriend? I don't know, bro, how far is too far with your sister? Oh, whoa, hey. Or a girl comes to me and says, hey, I, 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 man, I just love my boyfriend so much. Like how far is too, or where's the line with my boyfriend? Where's the line with your brother? That's disgusting, right? Like, like, and hey, I, I know that I'm maybe being a little weird there, and I don't think that's necessarily the point of that passage, but, but seriously, We rationalize things away when in God's eyes, it's very clear from scripture, he either sees you as a married couple who gets to enjoy the benefits of the marriage bed, which is good. (laughs) I can tell you that as a married man. Or he sees you as a single person, too far? He sees you as a single person. (laughs) You guys are getting all creeped out on me. He sees you as a single person who doesn't get those benefits yet. Are y'all with me? I, I feel like I'm I'm struggling to explain this a little bit, but I feel like you're getting it. And okay, so now let's go a little bit rational here. And uh, we'll, we'll keep. And just, by the way, just to prove to you again, uh, just to put it out there, I was like weird to say this earlier, but uh, is it Proverbs, can't remember what Proverbs. Song of Solomon is full of stuff like this. But one, of, I think it's Proverbs 4 something says that a man to is enjoy is to enjoy his wife. Uh, her breast forever. So I just want to be clear, the Bible is not against sex. I'm not trying to weird you out. But the point is, the Bible is all for that in a marriage relationship. So now let's look, look a little bit, now I've weirded you all out. Let's look a little bit from a logical perspective and like r- kind of help you unrationalize, or maybe from a different perspective, rationalize, rationalize, rationalize. <laughs> I can't say it. Um, uh, why? it's best just to not be physical at all as a dating couple. And again, admitting to you, epically failed, not to call out my wife, but we, we didn't do that. We were virgins when we got married, but still we're, we're definitely not acting like brothers and sisters in Christ. So <laughs> what about this? If you're not a Christian, you've maybe not thought about this, but if you're a Christian and you know like sex is, is for marriage, and you shouldn't be doing this stuff. Uh, this happens all the time. Like, hey, we've gotten physical, and I'm, that's such a vague word. But like, we've been making out or whatever, and I, I, we want to pull that back, and like, and we want to be pure before we don't want to do that. But it's, it's so what? So difficult. It feels so good, right? You're good. It's so good. Yes, thank you. It's so it feels so good. It's so difficult. It's hard to pull that back. Here's here's what I want to argue. Thinking from a biblical perspective, if marriage, if sex is for marriage, and again, I think. Man, I know I'm being kind of blunt. Like, I used to think of sex as just, like, kind of, uh, just, like, to get, just intercourse. But it involves everything, right? Like, every, like, sexual activity. And so... Perhaps the reason it's so difficult to pull that stuff back once you get started, so again, to be a little more concrete, perhaps the reason it's so difficult, like you've been making out and doing who knows what, to pull that back and like, oh, we're just gonna do a peck on the cheek or whatever. Like, uh, the reason it's so difficult to do that is because the way your body was designed that God created us, created us is once that stuff starts, you're not supposed to stop. Are you tracking with me? So perhaps instead of like playing this game with your body, God designed you that once you start kissing and all that stuff, you're supposed to go for it if you're married. i Am making sense? I'm sure you don't like what I'm saying, but I, does it make sense, though? Here, here's the other thing I would say, and, and, I'll, and I'm, I'm with you. Probably most of us are in this boat. I don't think anyone in this room would say, you know what, I was real physical again. I'm intentionally being vague. I was real like physical, sexual activity, however you want to say it, with this, with this person. Like we're broke up now. Man, I'm so glad we did all that. No one would say that. Even someone who's not a Christian, I think, would agree with me. Like, yeah, I have scars. Some of, them, some, some of the scars you may have may be really deep and big and some of them, Maybe smaller, but you still have scars. Am I right? We get so frustrated with this issue, and it's like such a gray area, and it's so difficult, and how far is it too far? And I wonder if God's saying, hey, if you just do it my way, it's really black and white. <laughs> Sex and all that comes with that, it's, just, it's for married people. And if you'll wait, it's gonna save you a lot of heartache. Again, God doesn't tell us to wait because He's mean, He tells us to wait because He knows what's best. I'm learning this over and over. It was our little babies who are eight months old now, all the time. I'm I'm doing things. I'm not even upset with them. I'm just like telling them no, or like which they don't understand that. I'm like picking them up to take them away from something, just because I care about them and I know what's best. It's not because I mean. It's actually because I really love them. I, maybe here's like a good way to think of it too. As I'm re-understanding the idea of autonomy and that like. Again, you're either single or you're married and you either get to, as a married person, get to enjoy sex and all that it involves or you just, you don't go there, period. Maybe here's a metaphor. I think I'll <clears throat> most people in a dating relationship, they treat it as though if I'm single, a uh, picture, so Lauren and I are from Jacksonville, Florida, so we're used to beach ideas and metaphors. So just imagine with me for a second. If you're at the beach, it's like, okay, if I'm single, I'm, I'm on the sand, I don't enjoy the water, but if I if I'm dating, then I get to kind of Go put my, if the water represents, like, we'll just say sexual activity, being physical, making out all that stuff, all, all the way into, like, sexual intercourse. Like, we have this idea of, well, if I'm dating, then I get to kind of put my foot in the water a little bit. It's kind of fun. And, and then, if that's okay, I don't know why I'm using that voice. Then, then maybe I'll go in a little bit deeper. And then, and then let's be real. We've under, had this understanding in the church that as long as I don't, like, go all the way into the water, like, go all the way completely, then it's okay. And there, here's, the, here's the thing. One, that's just not in the Bible. Well, the Bible is, it, uh, I can't remember, um, Ephesians 5, I think it is, Ephesians 3, uh, somewhere in Ephesians. It says, there should not be even a hint of sexual immorality in believers. Even a hint. That's where I said, man, Lauren, we didn't do great there, right? Like, yeah, we're making out, but we're not having sex. That's Making out was more than a hint, right? Um, so we have this idea, of like, as long as I'm not going fully in, then I'm okay. And here, I just want to like be straight up with you. If you have that mindset, when you get married, if all that's left is like that final little last little step, I'm being kind of vague, going to creep everybody out. If all that's left is that little bit, it's actually like, there's not that much left. Are you with me? I think God's invitation is to whether you're single or whether you're dating, to continue our metaphor, whether you're single or in a relationship, as if you're not married, his invitation is to enjoy hanging out on the sand. There's still a lot of like fun to be had in the sand, right? <laughs> Play some volleyball, throw the Frisbee, whatever. Again, metaphor, okay? I mean, you can do those things when you're dating. But anyways. <laughs> but then... When you're married, when you enter that covenant, his invitation is to as fast and as quick as you can to jump into the ocean and have as much fun and stay as long as you want. (laughs) Are you with me? And I'll let you read in between the lines. (laughs) Hey, I know if you're dating, you may be like, man, that kind of sucks. But if you could back off for a little bit, doesn't that sound way better? Rather than this, like, playing this game, like, oh, I hope, we don't, I hope we don't get, like, sucked under the water and, like, do something I shouldn't do, like, man, maybe I shouldn't be out here, I don't know, and stressing yourself out, stay over here, remain pure, don't play games, and, man, when you get married, you run headfirst into the water and have a great time. Are you with me? <laughs> it's the quietest yes I've ever received. <laughs> like, man, I hate this guy. <clears throat> I'm I'm just wondering. I, I'm, I'm kind of like rambling a little bit here, but uh, as as awesome and incredible as my parents were raising me, and I feel like and helpful guiding me to dating relationships, um, and not just my parents, but like my church was godly people in my life. There was I feel like some vagueness. It was kind of perceived as like don't have sex, but there wasn't a lot of clarity on what. What you could do. And I'm wondering with our kids, like, so I'm also playing, I wonder with you guys, what if, how much less stress would your life be and how less scars, how many less scars would you receive and put on other people if you just embraced a more black and white idea of it? I know it's countercultural. I know people are like, you're a freak, right? You're gonna wait till you get to kiss till you get married. I think when that day comes, you're gonna have zero regrets. If you live that way and I want to say this before I move on I know that probably 90 something percent in this room are going Man, that sounds good maybe I can make some changes but I done been in the water a little bit too much <laughs> I, I know and there's nothing you could say that would surprise me about that and there's a lot of grace for that to continue that metaphor I love what Crowder says in that song, or I guess technically John Mark McMillan, whatever. If his grace is an ocean, we're all sinking. So as much as maybe you've played in water you shouldn't have because it's not for you to enjoy yet, man, God's grace is an ocean (laughs) that there's a lot of room to run in. There's a lot of forgiveness. We're gonna talk about that more in a bit. Prayer, clarity, autonomy, meaning You're still single even if you're dating in God's eyes. (laughs) And the fourth one we're going to look at just for a second is grace. Prayer, clarity, autonomy, and grace. And the idea here is uh, of grace is to treat whoever it is I'm dating or thinking about dating the way that my heavenly father would. As a child of God, I'm, I'm... I represent him. I'm I'm his ambassador. And hopefully, as a Christian, you're dating someone who's a Christian. So you're to treat them as a child of God. So, one, I'm supposed to act as a child of God to show love and grace and care about their best interests. But also, because they're a child of God, I'm to treat them as royalty, as a prince or a princess. How do you treat royalty? (laughs) Really good. Yeah. You're courteous, right? And you're careful. Because they're royalty, and the king don't play, right? I want to treat them carefully with, with grace. And um, I'm, just, I'm just going to read this for a second, or preface it before I read. The New Testament teaches that the goal of Christian relationships is to build each other up, right? And to help someone grow in their walk with Christ and love Jesus more. Listen to this. This is from the book. Your goal, I love this, your goal should be to bless not simply to impress. Your actions are more about blessing the other person than impressing him or her. The idea of the grace principle, excuse me, the idea of the grace principle is that whether or not you end up marrying that person at the end of the process, whether that's stopping the process or getting married, at the end of the process, that person can say, I am a better person for having spent time in proximity to that man or that woman. Man, how much would that change your relationship? Not like, what can I get out of it? How can they make me happy? But like, so just to use, to reverse like eight, nine years when Lauren and I were still dating. I think as like, healthy as our relationship was, I think that idea alone would have even boosted our relationship even more. In fact, like when we got married, we embraced that idea more, but if I even when we were dating said you know what this is not about me are we trying to prove something to her or trying to get her to like me trying to impress her this is about me blessing her and making her more of a godly woman encouraging her so that whether we break up or get married no matter what she's not going to say man he broke my heart but that she would say you know what it didn't work out but i'm a better woman for being around brandon hayes man what if that was y'all's goal gosh again i don't think like i nailed that one when we were dating but you still could. <laughs> Prayer, clarity, autonomy, and grace. I, I think with, with all those four things, there's kind of a bigger, grander theme, you could say, like principle, or maybe a theme that kind of guides those principles. And that is this. So kind of wrapping up here. I hope you're seeing with all those, That when you press play on a relationship with someone, it should not mean you press pause on your relationship with God. (laughs) I think I used to kind of feel that way. and By God's grace, I didn't have that mindset when I met Lauren, thank the Lord. But before that, I just kind of had this, I would not have said that. But I think in my heart and mind, I kind of had this understanding that like, I'm walking with God, but once I get in a romantic relationship, then it's all about that. And then once we get married and get settled, then I'll focus on God again. No, 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 no. You don't quit chasing after Jesus. <laughs> That's why you, you date with, man, I'm going to keep praying and talking with God. I want to have clarity because my, my focus is still Jesus. And if this relationship is muddying my eyes on Jesus, then this is not good. And I want to have the idea of autonomy because I'm first a child of God until I'm in marriage. I, well, I'll always be a child of God, but until I'm in marriage, he doesn't see me as one with this person. So I just want to keep my eyes on Jesus and not press pause on my relationship with him. And more than that, I, I want to show grace to that person because again, my first priority is Jesus. Pressing play in a relationship with someone does not mean pressing pause in a relationship with Christ. And, and let me kind of unpack that a little different way. I think sometimes we spiritualize it. So we, we know I need to keep God first but here's the deal. <laughs> and things that are most satisfying and that we find a lot of pleasure in, we always make about ourselves. We always get selfish about it. We really, that's why like when you there's like a, a food you really enjoy, like and you're like growing up with siblings, like you get your favorite ice cream, like don't touch this ice cream fool. I will punch you, right? Like, like, because the things that we enjoy, we make about ourselves. And here's what I found in my own life when I was dating, but also I think I see with with you guys, you talk with me and you're honest and I appreciate that because it makes me feel like maybe I'm not such a terrible person because you guys struggle too. And that is, man, I got to be careful not to fake myself out in thinking that I can treat, treat God like a genie in a bottle Christine Aguilera, <laughs> that I cannot treat him like a genie in a bottle. They, if I just like kind of do godly things and kind of talk to him and love him, that he'll bless my relationship. I, I'm not being real clear. Here's what I mean. Often, I heard this all the time growing up, still hear it sometimes. I've heard this illustration of like that your relationship with God is and your whoever you're dating is like a triangle and that as you get closer to God, as each of you get closer to God, you get closer to each other. And I think while that's kind of true, like the closer Lauren and I walk with God, I feel like our relationship is healthier, which just makes sense because like we end up treating each other like Christ would want us to treat each other. So it works best. But I think when I was dating, I heard that illustration and was like, I would not have said this. In my heart, what was going on was, I'm going to read my Bible so I can get closer to my girlfriend, right? And like, that's so messed up. Because it's 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 what it's doing, instead of saying, God, you're my priority, I want to keep my, my relationship with you, that's my focus, what it's doing is it's saying, my dating relationship is my priority, and I want to do whatever I can, like pray or read my Bible, just so God will bless what's really important in my life. That that's messed up. So really, what I'm trying to end with tonight is we have all these principles for dating, but here's the reality just like in a raft boat going down a river, you, you, you need a guide who knows what they're doing and like you wanna make sure you're in the boat with your guide and not jump ship or jump to a different boat. When you're dating, yeah, you got these principles and things, but the most important thing is that you listen to your guide and that's Jesus Christ. <laughs> Keeping your eyes on him, not pressing play on, on him sorry pause but saying yes God this is a part of my life maybe this other person is kind of in our raft now but God you're my priority I'm going to listen to you man I think if we do that save us a lot of heartache (laughs) prayer clarity autonomy grace and through all of that listening to your guide Jesus Christ is it cool we're going to do a little quick time of answering some of your questions is it cool if I pray for y'all real quick before we do that awesome God, thank you, um, and for these students. And then being willing to listen to something that is maybe not what we want to hear. Lord, what I feel like what your Bible says pretty clearly. Thank you for them being here and being willing to, to hear it out. And God, I feel like sometimes when we hear from you, we don't always like it. We don't always agree with it at first. I pray you would give us soft hearts to be open to to doing things your way. God, for people in this room tonight that are not dating and maybe they want to so bad or they're worried because of past experiences, I pray that you would just encourage them tonight, Lord, that you would be their everything. And for folks that are in relationships, um, (coughs) God, that you would give them clarity and help them in the process of evaluation of whether they should stick together or whether it's just not a good fit. It's just not a good relationship. And God, for, for people maybe that um, are are doing things physically they shouldn't be doing because they're not married. God, I pray for help with that because I've been there and Lauren and I have been there. It's, I pray for help, God, for self-control and also the ability to to see and to consider if maybe their being physical is sabotaging their process of evaluation because because they're being physical, they can't think clearly and they're not seeing their relationship clearly, God. And maybe they're, they're thinking they are in love when, when maybe it's just a physical thing. Lord, give them guidance, give them direction. Lord, I pray that as Lord and I just take a few minutes to answer some of these questions, that you would give us grace to speak um, and that the gospel would just be clear. In your name we pray, amen. Everyone say hello, beautiful Lauren. She is beautiful. (laughs) I feel like I didn't say too many inappropriate things tonight, but we're just getting started with the Q&A, so it still could happen. (laughs) Um, So here's the first question, which I kind of hinted that we would be getting at this, and that is, what if you have messed up physically? Meaning like whether that's like, hey, I've had sex or like... um, i just been like doing way too much physically again. We could go all kinds of places there. Maybe it's just like, hey, I know I've been saying, or we've been doing too much. What do I do there? A um, couple of quick thoughts. I'm going to share it and then I'm going to let, let, let Lauren share as well. Um, first of all, I feel like I kind of gave this, when we were talking a second ago, but I think, I think the church, like me included, we've, we've made it out to be this idea that, you're the most terrible person if you've had sex and you're not married or you're just so dirty. And here's the reality, sin is sin. I remember one time Lauren was in college and uh, she was talking to, actually, you tell the story, but she was talking to this girl and Lauren was trying to encourage her about whatever she was struggling with. And Lauren just mentioned like some of her struggles with like maybe like being a little too physical in a relationship. And the girl was like, oh my gosh, you're not a virgin. Which Lauren was, you're not a virgin. I'm not listening to you. Like hung up the phone essentially. And Lauren was like, Oh my gosh, right? Because it's a complete overreaction to like, you're this terrible person, and y'all, sin is sin. And just to remind you, uh, the religious people in Jesus' day caught a woman in adultery, and like, oh yeah, we're going to get her now. They brought her before Jesus. And what did he say? Yeah, wh- whoever of you is without sin, y'all can go ahead and cast the first stone. And who threw a stone? Nobody. Because everyone has sin, right? And what did he say? Where are your accusers, right? Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. See, it wasn't like, sweet, keep doing what you're doing. No, like, don't keep sinning, but I'm not going to condemn you. So first of all, I want to get the lie out of your head, like, you're this broken, messed up person. Well, you are a broken, messed up person. We all are. But that doesn't make you more of a broken, messed up person. Does that make sense? This is not a comparing sin thing. Do you want to jump in for a second?
0: Well, because my thought is probably that already tonight there's people in here who are hearing there's no hope for you. What he said can never, ever be you because you've screwed up so bad. And I need you to know that is a lie Mm -hmm. from the enemy. And so if you're hearing that, I need you to know it's a lie and that is not how God views you. Absolutely. And so we're going to unpack that a little more. But just as you were talking, I was just sensing that. That just has to be yeah. what the devil would come at people yeah. with because that's just how he works. He's an, the accuser. He's a liar. Condemner. Yes. Yeah. So.
1: I'm glad you said that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think to, to kind of unpack that idea and to lead me to a couple of verses before she shares some really cool stuff as well. There's a Matt Chandler. He did it a sermon actually at your home church at First Jack's at a pastor's conference. And he was talking about something different, but he gave this, this story, and I want to share it with you real quick. He was at a, a like a youth conference or something where this guy was talking about purity and how you shouldn't have sex before married. you're married, which is the truth. But so while he was talking, he had this rose being passed, the pastor, not Matt Chandler, had this rose being passed around. So as it got, like if I did this tonight, if the rose was passed through all of you, by the time it got back to me, it'd be pretty broken, right? And like handle and pedals falling off. And so the pastor at this conference thing took the rose and was like, if you're sleeping around, you're doing things physically or you have, in the past this is what you are you're a handled broken rose no one wants that and that's like where he stopped which here's the reality that's the first half of the gospel he forgot the second half of the gospel so matt chandler says he wanted to stand up out of his seat and say jesus wants the rose right sorry i got (laughs) excited if you're that rose tonight what she's saying and what god wants you to hear jesus wants you that's the gospel, right? And man, there's complete forgiveness and healing in him. 2 Corinthians uh, 5, is it 17 says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come, right? Man, Romans is all about that. Like, you're not condemned in Christ, right? He doesn't want you to walk in that path anymore. Romans 6, that like, you're not a slave to sin anymore. You don't keep on sinning just because there's forgiveness. But man, his grace abounds. Think about John chapter 1, that in Christ we have received Grace upon grace upon grace. Man, there is forgiveness. There is hope. There is cleansing. And also Romans says that if you're in Christ, the Holy Spirit, I remember uh, Fall Retreat, if you weren't there, it's okay, but it's not Christ and me, it's Christ in me, right? So, man, there is hope. Not to, One, you're forgiven. It's done. It's in the past. But also there is hope to be a new person, to overcome sin and temptation. That is not who you are. Your past may explain you, but it does not define you, right? It does not define your future, Sorry for the mini sermon. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> well, and and just to expand on that, Second Corinthians about you're a new creation. That doesn't mean like as a girl, you're like a forgiven second rate kind of sure. she messed up. It means you are <laughs> new. Like, so if we're talking about sex, it means you are a virgin. That is how God views you. And so that's why I just felt so compelled to say whatever thoughts might be in your head if I've gone too far is absolutely not true. There's this really cool book in the Bible called Proverbs. In chapter 31, uh, the end of it, beginning in verse 10, talks about... um, Different versions say different things. But if you have like headings in your Bible, it might say a wife of noble character or a virtuous woman. Essentially, it lists out actions and characteristics about this lady that women should want to aspire to, which is really great, but that's not my favorite part of this. So if you look at Proverbs 31, again, if you have headings in your Bible, a lot of the beginning of Proverbs 31 will say like uh, the son of King Lemuel or something about that. And uh, history tells us that Lemuel was another name for Solomon. And Solomon was the son of David and Bathsheba. And so if you know the Bible, David and Bathsheba had an affair. And then not only that, but David had Bathsheba's husband killed. So if we wanna look at it from like a worldly perspective or from a biblical perspective, that's some big sin to have an affair and then also a murderer. So this Proverbs 31 that starts in verse 10 and goes on and explains this virtuous woman, this noble wife that girls should strive for, that guys should look for, is about Bathsheba. Mm. And so is that not amazing that that's how God works? So the world says, okay, you, you're a slut, you have sex, all this, or you have an affair. But God says, no. No, I'm going to, because you repented, history will tell that you are a virtuous woman and a wife of mm. good character. I mean, is that not beautiful? Is that not mm. Jesus? Is that not the gospel and mm. so counterculture? So I just want, I love that example because I think it's a beautiful picture of, man, that, like that is a second chance, right? Mm. There's, there's a, I mean, if, not that we want to judge stuff, but there's a lot of stuff bad about having an affair and then killing the lady's husband. <laughs> so that is a gorgeous picture Sorry, that's kind of a girly term. That's an amazing picture of of really how God views us as forgiven and truly as not a second chance, as not kind of a mess up who got forgiven, but as a beautiful, beautiful creation. So. That's good. Yeah, I don't know where I'm supposed to go.
1: (laughs) You're good. Um, I think I think we're I think we're good there. so I was
0: trying to think. So was the next, there was another question about, so how do I, uh, if I've made mistakes in the past, how do I then move forward without sabotaging? Okay, so
1: hopefully. How can I let that, how can I prevent like past mistakes, how can I prevent them from sabotaging future relationships? So we're not quite getting to like, how do I fight sexual temptation, like that desire. We're just saying, like, okay, so I've messed up in the past, which the vast majority of us have. How do I keep that from messing up future relationships?
0: Okay, so hopefully we've established that there's forgiveness, that God, Jesus, does not view us maybe how the world would view us for previous sins or sex or whatever. So how do I move forward? Again, going back to David. So just recap, had an affair, murdered a guy. Uh, Scripture also calls him a man after God's own heart. Mm And so what, if you look in the Psalms, I was um, Googling it because <laughs> I didn't have my Bible, I had my phone. And it, well, now I forgot. But there's several Psalms where David seems like he might be close to death, he's so upset. And they're in reference to that point when he had the affair and when all that craziness happened in his life. And so what we see is that man, David hit rock bottom, but he cried out to God. And he admitted like, I don't even know if I should be alive, but here I am. And so then we see that he repented and then from that day he moved forward and he was called a man after God's own heart. So he wasn't this like perfect church guy that like never messed up and always wore a suit. He was a guy that got in a lot of trouble and had a lot of yucky stuff in his life, but he never, again, your past explained you, but it doesn't define you. So David could have stopped after the affair and being a murderer and been like, well, I'm done. But instead he was like, God, please help me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna move. Forgive me. I'm gonna move forward. And man, he did. And he did great things for God. And again, history. He went down in history as a man after God's mm-hmm. own heart.
1: Absolutely. I think one of the ways too that you you prevent it from sabotaging like future relationships, and really like what you're saying, asking is how to prevent it from like sabotaging me is you have to preach the truth to yourself, right? So preaching the gospel to yourself. So. Not like, man, I can't believe I did that. It's not, I can't believe God's forgiven me and loves me and sees me as clean. Man, that's incredible. I'm going to walk in that today, right? Preaching the gospel to yourself, not living in the shadow of condemnation from that past sin. Um, and that, I want to kind of, for sake of time, jump on, leads us to the, ne- the last question we're going to talk about tonight. And again, next week we'll talk about a lot more um, of questions. Uh, but the next question is, how do you practically fight sexual temptation? And so, um, one thing before Lauren talks about some accountability, uh, one thing I want to mention is uh, what we just said that the idea of preaching truth to yourself. It's like memorizing scripture about fleeing youthful lust, right? Memorizing scripture uh, Proverbs 5 uh, 20 through 21 the evil... the evil deeds of a wicked man ensnare him, the cords of his sin. Hold him fast. He will die for lack of discipline led astray by his own great folly. So my lack of discipline will kill me. (laughs) I don't want to have lack of discipline, right? So memorizing truth, memorizing scripture, that will help me. Remember who I am in Christ. I'm a child of God. And he, he wants me to walk in purity as a child of God. We'll help you fight.
0: Can I say something about that? Yes. So I've heard a lot in church of, well, you have to just reflect on truth and and speak truth to yourself. And I've always kind of been like, I would love to do that. I just don't really know what that means. And so I just want to give a a quick example real quick. So um, it would be weird if I had a dating example right now. So I'm going (laughs) to go with an example in my personal life currently. But I've been struggling with a lot of self-doubt about um, my position at work. And then being a mom to eight-month-old twins, like I've just... Uh, I don't feel like I can do it. I don't feel worthy. I feel overwhelmed all the time. Um, I always feel bad because then people are like, do you like being a parent? And I really do. I love them. <laughs> so sorry. that, I But that's just how I've been feeling. And so Sunday night, Brandon was at church, and I was at home with the babies, and they were crying. And so all of a sudden, I started to hear, like, you can't do this. You can't do this. You're not doing good at work. You're not doing good at home. Can't do any of it. And I've been doing this Bible study on discerning God's voice. And one of the things it says is that if what you hear in your head is condemning and accusing, that is from the devil. Mm. But that God, even when he convicts us, is going to be encouraging in it. So I immediately said, and there's hope in it, right? Where if you were hearing tonight, you're still hopeless, you screwed up so bad, forget what this guy just said, that was, there was no hope in that, right? But maybe you did feel convicted of, man, I should change or something but there if there was hope in it then hey that might be god speaking to you. Mm-hmm. And so on Sunday night I started to get into this like I can't do this, I'm failing everywhere at home, at work, everywhere. And then I said, no, not that that's not true. And so what I literally did is I knew that there was this verse and I not okay, so you're going to think I'm crazy or maybe take some application from it. Either <laughs> way, so <laughs> I start saying it in my head. And then I go, Jesus, I believe it. Jesus, I believe it. I believe it. And I'm telling you, then peace came. Mm. And so I just want to say, I don't know if that's an encouragement at all. I just sometimes before I've been struggling to know like what it meant to reflect on the word or meditate or whatever some of the fancy church words are. But I just felt like God kind of showed that to me this weekend of maybe when we say speaking truth into our life or reflecting on it, and maybe that's a, and it might be different from you. God's creative and we're all unique. So he could speak to you in a different way. And hey, if you have a good way of doing it, come tell me, because obviously (laughs) I need some help.
1: (laughs) Um, That's good. Uh, I think a couple other things, real quick. Accountability. you got to have accountability, right? So I'm fighting it. uh, I I don't want to give in to such temptation. Like, have some some people to talk to and to ask you occasionally, like, hey, how are you doing with that? Are you you staying strong? Part of that, I I think, is uh, purity, not just with, like, whoever you're dating, but, like, purity with what you're looking at. And so maybe you need to get some internet accountability software or whatever to help you, like, Keep your eyes pure. Period. Um, I think realizing uh, uh, clear boundaries, not just with touch, but like also clear boundaries of place. So maybe it means, hey, we're not going to be in our apartment, or our not it shouldn't be our. We're not going to be in your apartment alone together. We're not going to go to your house alone together because, like, leads me to the next thing. I would say, you can't trust yourself. <laughs> no one is above committing any sin. As soon as you're like, I would never commit that sin, watch out. <laughs> watch out. No one is above committing any kind of sin. So don't trust yourself. I'm not saying be like a freak about it and like overreact, but just don't trust yourself. Um, I remember when Lauren would come to visit when I was like, here, I appreciated our executive pastor of worship, Jerry Newman. She, he knew we were like, it was January. We get married in uh, April. She was coming to visit in January. And uh, he said, hey, bro. Uh, I had an apartment in Dakota Arms at the time. We were going to live there and we got married. He said, hey, bro, you ever getting married in a couple months? I know how it is being engaged. You, you don't need to be there alone. If you all want to hang out watch a movie, whatever, we'll give you space. You all come to our house, and we, you can know that we'll be there. You all come to our house. And as much as I was like, dang, <laughs> I, I appreciated that because I didn't trust myself. Um, so, yeah, have accountability, have clear boundaries, not just of, like, touch, but of w- where you're going to go, where you're going to be. And then um, don't trust yourself. And and, I, and then I would say maybe again to go back tonight. As crazy as you may think I am, just don't go there. Period. Like I, I, again, I don't I think the way God designed this, we're made that once you start getting physical, you were designed to not like hit the brakes. You were designed to rev the gas, and so it's weird when you hit the brakes, right? Because you weren't designed to do that um, really at all. So you're supposed to wait till you're married. Here's what I want to tell you, and we'll dismiss because I've taken a lot of your Connect Group time. Uh, in your Connect Groups, y'all, I think, talking to the Connect Group host for a second. If I was you, uh, if you want, have a little fun with number one. But I would definitely, I think you could spend the whole time on number two and not worry about the rest of this stuff, especially because of time. I It's 924, I still try to dismiss by like 940, 945 at the very latest. But I think you could hang out on question two for a lot. But do this for me. Please do this for me. In your connect group rooms, uh, the, your host will have some little index cards or something like that. And I would love, it's not mandatory, but I would love for you all to write down a question. They have some buckets in your in your room. Get buckets. They have some buckets in there. You can drop the cards in. I would love for you all to write down any questions you want us to answer next week. And next week, we're going to have a little short time of message where I can finish up a few things and the bulk of it on Q&A. And we're gonna, I would rather answer the questions like faster and more questions. And so please write out a question and we'll get those. Don't put your name on it unless you just want me to know that you wrote it. Um, hey, I love you I'm going to say a quick word of prayer and we'll go to connect groups. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for um, Lauren getting to come up and share with us some. And uh, pray for connect groups. That would be a great time to reflect and to encourage each other. You uh, hear me pray, amen.
0: Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. You can learn more about The Journey by checking us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for at The Journey LBK.